Before Brick and we get Mortar into Reporter, today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually find us on Facebook, and through our Facebook link, you will be able to see every single episode as it gets released first thing every single morning. So if you want to like us on Facebook, we appreciate the likes. We appreciate comments. You can uh, reach us there any way you want to. Facebook.com forward slash Brick and Mortar Reporter will find us on Facebook. Also, if you're a Twitter user, it's very easy to find us at BAM Reporter, at BAM Reporter for Brick and Mortar Reporter. So those are two ways you can get in touch with us and stay in touch with us and keep up with the latest episodes on the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Now, off to the interview. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and I'm your host for the evening, and I have a guest that is going to be to the delight of every local business owner that is would even be listening to this podcast. I have James Akers on with me tonight. Now, he is the co-founder of a company called Maine and Me, and when I say Maine, I'm not talking about the state of Maine. I'm talking about like Main Street and Me, and it's in it, right now it's in Boston, Massachusetts, but what Maine and Me is, is a company that is actually utilizing technology to assist shoppers real time in making buying decisions from local brick and mortar stores. So it's very exciting because he's taking technology and marrying it with a very um, brick and mortar, local, independent business owner centered um context with the app and the the web-based things that he's doing. And so James is here to tell us uh, about his journey and about how this technology can absolutely influence buying decisions real time and help tilt the the consumer field a little bit more toward the local business owner and away from the big box store. So welcome, James. I'm so glad you're here. And I can't wait to hear your journey and hear all about what Maine and Me is doing. Well, thank you very much for having me, and I, and I can't wait to uh, share our story and see what we can learn from you guys. Well, before we get into the actual Maine and Me business and what it is and what you're doing, can you kind of start us off with the story of you and tell us a little bit about maybe your personal and professional background and anything that will kind of give us a little bit of insight into you as a person? Sure. Uh, well, I am, a, I am a registered architect by uh, training and by education and um, uh, about I guess it was about five or six years ago uh, right after the 2008 uh, Shearson Lehman financial crisis or as the great recession recession began which so many of us are familiar with uh, my wife and I my business slowed down and and my wife's business slowed down a little bit and we we asked ourselves uh, what would be a perfect project to take on. So we uh, had something creative to work on and, and didn't go out of our minds waiting for the phone to ring <laughs> yeah. with, our, with our consulting practices. So um, we, uh, uh, my wife, Mary Pat, is an architectural historian and a, and a community organizer, a, a very active organizing uh, politics. 
and uh, I am an architect, and um, we were living in, in the small town of Great Barrington, and, and still are. And uh, Great Barrington, by the way, is, was listed in, you know, this and two dollars and fifty cents will get you on the subway. But Great Barrington <laughs> was, list, was listed as the uh, one of the best small towns to live in in America by the Smithsonian Magazine. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so it, it, it's actually a wonderful place to live. And um, sure, we were at the time we were just starting to learn about. We we had just bought iPhones, and we're turning our uh, imagination towards. How could these help in every realm of life? What are what are some mm-hmm. rather than completely selfish things that you can do, like you know, connect with your old high school girlfriend? <laughs> uh, you know, are other other positive things, and, and a lot of people were doing some positive things, but we focused on uh, Main Street because we were uh, beginning to learn about this trend of you know all these independent businesses falling further and further behind as as retail chains became more and more sophisticated and leveraged technology more and more. And we thought, well, well with this democratizing power of the smartphone, um, surely there's a way to leapfrog ahead for uh, independent business as well. So um, I'll, I'll just say that we were looking for a project and we were, we were both coming from this sort of uh, community-centered uh, architectural approach to the world, and mm-hmm. um, that's when we hit on this idea. Okay. Wow. So take us to what exactly Maine and Me is, what it does, kind of how, even through the, the evolution process of where it uh, started and where it is today. Okay. Well, it, it started as, um, you know, so many of these uh, startup ideas uh, do begin. Uh, it began as something slightly different. So in, in yeah. my wife, <laughs> you, know, in my, you know how that is. It, it, yes, it, exactly. Yeah. I love, we love that phrase, uh, product market fit. You know, it's, it's a, piece of jar- <laughs> a piece of jargon you hear uh, that pertains to startups. You hear it all the time, but it, it is profoundly true that there is no product without a market that it fits to. So sure. um, it, we really began as, uh, uh, as two ideas. Uh, my wife, being an architectural historian, was uh, convinced that um, she, her, her only interest was to save Main Street America. Uh, my interest, curiously enough, was to uh, stop being the world's worst gift buyer and try to figure out a way <laughs> that I would always know something that my wife would like um, for uh-huh. Valentine's Day or her birthday or Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was a fly on the wall of every Main Street business in everyone's hometown? And uh, as as the merchants so often do, if that fly could let the husband or the significant other of, of the spouse, uh-huh. that fly could let that that significant other always know, you know, what the other one had been shopping for. Because <laughs> sure. yeah. my wife, you know, she loves to shop and she's not a decadent shopper, but she loves to support our community. So sure. she, she has a short list of pretty much anything that she would like, you know, as a gift in all of these stores. So we thought, well, technology would be the perfect way to do that. There should be a way to create a, an online wish list of sure. anything, anything that you like in a in a downtown store, rather than you know people going to Amazon and just buying you something you could care less about, right? Right. 
So that that evolved into, well, wouldn't it be great if you could go into a store and take a photo so that in some ways the merchant, who we, we know merchants are already completely overburdened by all the things that they have to do. And sure. there's barely a barely any space left in any of our brains to learn a new trick. So uh, we thought, well, let's let's let the um the what the so called early adopters of all these technologies uh-huh. let's let let's let these people go in and take photos of what they love and then post it to that store and essentially create create an online page for that merchant and that merchant wouldn't even have to know uh, a page had been created in their name, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah. So there was this uh, sort of naive vision that everyone in the world will have a smartphone and start making you know birthday wish lists, right? And, uh, and they would literally uh, you've you've heard the term crowdsourcing, sure. And so it would be a, a citizen's effort to put their town online and mm-hmm. to begin to uh, give their community a more of a fighting chance. Uh, against Amazon going into the future. Mm-hmm. I'll just take a breath if you want. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So no, so anyway, it it has evolved. Um, I think I think a couple of breakthroughs that happened for us was, as I said, the first one was the uh, the iPhone and the camp, you know, the smartphone in general and the camera in the smartphone, and then um, and then along came. Um, Instagram and began to give us, yeah. uh, began to prove that businesses uh, would take pictures of products and and post them to their own accounts. So we saw some evidence that, you know, businesses could, could in fact be taught new tricks. And then I think uh, when Pinterest came along, we, we found the model for um, the website side of our service, which okay. was really allowing people to shop uh, just like they would any major retailer site with with shopping for beautiful photos of things uh-huh. uh, rather than, um, you know, wading through text-heavy informational websites that told you, you know, the address and the phone number of a business. You know, so we, we saw the future right. of, of local businesses really being in surfacing uh photographs of what they sell so it was right. literally possible for people to window shop their their main street businesses wow so you have taken that idea and turned it into an app that's available um is it what kind of where where is the app available at yeah. this point well thanks for thanks for getting me back on track um no we've so we first we <laughs> We first, it's really a website and app, and it is, it okay, is so it's closely both. related okay. to the to the Pinterest model, which we owe Pinterest a debt of gratitude because it's uh, it's helping to educate an awful lot of people, and it's sure. incredibly popular. So it, it's it's a similar model. Um, uh, so it's the uh, the DNA, I suppose you'd say, of me and me is that um, we uh, allow businesses to create a. Um, a, a proprietary store page, and that's all free. So you can mm-hmm. create a, a storefront. We call them storefronts uh, on on Main and Me, and uh, fill it with as many photos as you want uh, for life, for free. Wow! And, and that's to incentivize people to just get what they sell, both goods and services. So if you own a spa, you take beautiful pictures of uh, 
people getting massages and gotcha. you know, facials lying, and all. Yeah, lying down with the candles burning in the corner and all that stuff. <laughs> and, and then even a, a lawyer or um, a, a, a fellow that sells tires, you know, if if you don't think what you do is very sexy from a photograph standpoint. Right. Um, it's still about telling a story. So maybe you put up pictures of your softball team, and um, okay. you, you put up you put up uh, pictures of your employees picking up trash out on uh, the state highway. And so you're you're really ah. telling yeah you're telling the story of your business. And as I um, have said to people in the past, if I'm looking to buy tires. Uh, even though I'm not looking at pictures of tires when I see you volunteering for a hospital, I realize that you're a, a very nice uh, businesswoman who takes the time to volunteer sure. or sponsor yeah. the high school musical. And so I'm like, well, I'm giving you my business, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. So you, you kind of really get to see the character of the business by seeing yeah. what what they would post or what they would yeah. put out there as kind of their public face, so to speak. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. And we, and we think the storefront metaphor works well in that um, people are, are tend to be very proud of their storefront windows and they mm-hmm. change them seasonally. So we allow mm-hmm. you, we allow you to specify a, a one photograph as your storefront photo. And then the other, the other photographs are known as your, uh, as your uh, product photos or your item photos. Uh-huh. But anyway, we, we think that our main innovation is that, um, you know, so far I've said nothing that necessarily differentiates us from Pinterest or from Facebook, except, uh-huh. except we see uh, Pinterest and Facebook as um, what we call silos. So mm-hmm. you might have you might own a business called ABC Carpet, and right next to you on Main Street is XYZ Pet Store. Right. But you won't necessarily be working together to bring business to your town. You'll you'll both uh-huh. be very you'll you'll be very busy working to bring business to your own business. Sure. And, and maybe even uh, sadly to uh, compete against uh, DEF carpets, just five storefronts. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So they're uh-huh. very often they're <laughs> very often disincentives for people to cooperate. So mm-hmm. um, we think that our innovation is that once you create a store page, we literally uh, the software literally uh, automatically gathers all the stores from the same town or the same zip code. And mm-hmm. puts them uh, together on a community page. So if you're okay. from Spartansburg, uh, then uh, the minute there are two businesses from Spartansburg, there will automatically be generated a Spartansburg community page. And gotcha. on that on that page will be the storefront photos of those two businesses. But all of the um, infrastructure is there for Spartansburg to take that page and run with it. And they could put 200 businesses on it. Uh, so wow. it, it's all designed to be a self-service and uh, for people uh, that figure out the service to just take the ball and run. Mm-hmm. And are, are you finding, um, well, I mean, in your experience, because you're out talk, probably I would imagine talking to local businesses all the time. Are you finding that many of them still really don't have a, a website and a web presence yet? I think it's it's there are more people that have websites, but that is a that is a terrific question, and it's such a gray area because it, it was it was an accomplishment just to get people to build websites, 
Yes, but, exactly. No matter how bad they were, just yeah. build it, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so that that was such an accomplishment, and so many people exhaled a, a sigh of relief. But then now we're looking at them, and those those are so many of them. Even though the the number of people with websites has increased, at least seventy five percent of those websites are, are what we call just informational websites. Right. So, so they're not very, uh, and sorry to abuse the word, but they're not very sexy. They're not very engaging. Right. And it leaves it leaves businesses open again to just being, um, you know. So Yelp and and other things are becoming a kind yeah. of um, de facto way to discover in, independent businesses. Sure. Um, well, you know. and and you, I think with so many, um, you know, websites are hard for small businesses because especially when you don't have an IT department and it's just you know a couple of people that are working there with the owner. Um, websites are hard, but even even if they have a website and they've paid somebody to to put it up, so to speak, a page or two, you know, an about us page or a contact page, and here's our our services, you don't get you know, the products and the inventory. It's a nightmare for small businesses to keep any type of inventory. They they say I would be updating my inventory all day, every day if I, you know, kept it on there. And so it's just a logistical issue for them to decide, you know, besides just those static web pages, what else to put on there. And I think this is a great thing because it's, it's giving you the visual, but at the same time, it's giving you the inven- you know, the products, and it's giving you kind of like a a little bit of an inventory of what's there. Yeah, and and you're and you're uh, hitting a couple of great points. Uh, clearly, you've got a lot of experience in this area too. So one of the things that we talk about, and there's there's an awful lot to get across to people, but we like to say that um, uh, discovery first, uh, e-commerce a, dif- a distant second. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, which is because the the area that the, the people that we're talking about are are family, you know, parents, just sure. like you and I, and um, you know, you got to get home and cook dinner and make sure the kids did their homework. So, right. No, yeah. no, nobody wants the headache of e-commerce and you know things being out of stock. So really, uh-huh. right. discovery, discovery, and and modern discovery in the way that people discover everything else in the web these days uh, through Pinterest mm-hmm. and other places. That's mm-hmm. really, we think, um, the the key first step is let's, let's take discovery as simple as possible uh, so that at least you, the, the dream is to appear at the moment uh, even a well-meaning person is about to go to Amazon to buy something that uh, also yeah. also happens to be downtown, right? I gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know, the interesting thing is, is that there are, you know, it, it every business is not suitable for e-commerce or anything like that. But you know, I really feel like, and I know Amazon is expanding. You know, gosh, even you know, getting into the point where it's Amazon local is just it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, what else? You know what? And it's not that I hate Amazon. It has its place, and I've had to buy things on there before too. Because if you can't find something anywhere else, you know you don't have a lot of choices. Right. And so, but at the same time, with local businesses, the more of them that are that are making local products, or that are you know honing some sort of craft that they have, that they're they're 
making a physical product that would actually be suitable for e-commerce and putting it out there as an alternative to something that's mass produced and probably imported. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before everyone else has the exact same thing that's offered just in a different color. But to actually have a unique product that you could actually buy as a meaningful gift or something that is just not the same as everyone else has. I mean, the market is there and people just have to get their stores online and their local businesses online so that even if somebody is forced to shop online, at least there is a way through that online portal for them to still support local business somewhere. And that's, I think that's an important thing is if you have to buy local, great, do, I mean, you know, if you can't buy local and you have to buy online, still do it in a way that gets as many of those local dollars into some local community supporting the local people. Yes. And and we're we're fond of saying uh, the world shops online, but you can't buy what you can't see. So, yeah, it's you know, true. We're, yeah. we're really trying to make it. You also were onto something too, which I'd like to just expand on for a second. Which sure. Is even after you go through the trouble of building your website, you know, there, there's so many things stacked against us as independent business people. But sure. You know, even after you build this website, then one day you learn about something called um, search engine optimization. Oh, dear Gussie, yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> Uh-huh. And, and and then yeah. maybe one day you you get an invitation to a, a constant contact uh, seminar about the importance of email lists, and so you still feel like sure. wow I did all that but I'm still behind the eight ball you know what yeah are these you things? haven't even scratched the surface definitely right so what again what we thought is uh, what we hope is one of our breakthroughs with Maine and me is that by by aggregating uh, all of the stores from a single town under the umbrella of a town page or a community page that, um, uh, as we like to say, uh, instead of um, every man for himself, it becomes, um, you know, working all all for one and one for all. So the the combined eyeballs coming to the, the eyeballs coming to any one store are just mm-hmm. a click are just a click away from going back up in the directory to the community page at large. So yeah. as a as an independent uh, shop owner with a main and main page, um, you're still you know if you if you're savvy enough to cut and paste your um, your web address your URL, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you can still put that in your constant contact you know newsletter mm-hmm. and. If uh, 20 merchants from the town are, are doing that, then um, instead of going to a proprietary informational website, now they can ask their customers to come to this sort of a visually ah. engaged, uh, you know, site that has their store page, and then sure. and then the customers are just a click away. Um, once they browse that, they'll see the little link at the top that says, "Would you like to go back to all of Spartansburg and shop Main yeah. Street Spartansburg?" And so, um, you know, as with so so much of this technology, you realize that if you just kind of, um, what's that expression? If you love something, let it go. You know, yeah. you, you, you can't. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really help you to hoard these eyeballs because right. if you start if you start sharing them, then other people will share their eyeballs with you. Yes. And yes. Uh, that's that's where we think the um, the trump card is, and the fact that um, people. 
even on even if they don't know it, they're working together to create mm-hmm. uh, more traffic for their town at large and for each of the businesses in it. Well, I love that it's promoting collaboration versus competition, and I think that is a theme that I'm seeing across local business communities as I talk to local business owners. So many of them will absolutely love to collaborate with other and even sometimes with their competitors, you know, because mm-hmm. they know that their store isn't right for every single person or they might not be able to carry every single thing that somebody could want, but maybe their competitor can and they'll refer them back and forth from time to time. But mm-hmm. I love that collaboration. And then the other thing I wanted to say, and I I don't think small businesses take advantage of this enough, but what so many small businesses are based upon um, relationships and um, really being able to make that connection with their customers. And every small business owner I talk to, that is like very high on their list, making sure the customer has a great experience and listening to their customer and talking to their customer. But as a small business customer that I am, um, I will tell you that I love whenever small businesses on their websites and anything that I can find online really introduce and highlight either themselves or their employees. And those are the people that are making the connections for, you know, for the business. And I know it's hard on a website to constantly, you know, especially if you put employees, you know, pictures up or tell their stories or whatever, you Mm -hmm. risk, oh, what if they leave? And now we've got to do an update on the page. So we've got to get back in touch with our web guy and he's got to do, you know, it's, it's you know how it's kind of like updating product or whatever. But I will tell you, every site I go to, one of the first places I'm going is that about page because I want to see what that small business is about. And I think so many small business owners, they either don't tell their story that I find compelling and I want to know more about how they got there. And they're also not highlighting their employees that many of them are long-term employees, you know, so even the updating, you know, every other week or every other month isn't necessarily necessarily an issue, but just really putting those faces on the experience that you're going to have, I think is something that many small businesses miss, but I can see how Maine and me would make it a lot more um, interactive that way, you know, Mm -hmm. with uh, highlighting employees and and that sort of thing. So I I hope businesses really will take that and and run with it and just try to um, get their story out as far as business owners. And I don't like it when I go to a website and I can't tell who the owner is, you know, or can't tell. You know what I mean? I mean, am I I alone with that? Do you do you find yourself doing that too? No, you you make a great point. This comes up a lot. Um, We're working with, um, the uh, Main Streets program in Boston at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have, I think, um, 18 uh, separate Main Street neighborhoods. Uh, And I think including Roslindale, uh, Massachusetts, which I think might have been the first uh, Main Street uh, district in America. But Oh, wow. Okay. One of your listeners may quickly correct me on that. but um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If we're wrong, it was close to first, right? Right, right. Um, But um, the reason I bring it up is that they were just talking about um, this idea of – I was talking to the – the so-called they call them the uh, main street district managers and uh-huh. it's it's that person that tends to be our our best customer which is the person whose job it is to promote all of the independent businesses in a town 
Mm-hmm. And and as you well know, uh, with all due respect to the Chamber of Commerce, there is a uh, kind of a seismic shift going on in America away from the Chamber of Commerce because historically they have tended to be the people that thought it was just fine to invite in Walmart and right, and exactly. it, right? And mm-hmm. you know, they can't really be faulted for that because there was a vacuum and they filled it. But right. uh, starting, as you also, uh, in our conversation before this uh, podcast began, um, you have this local food movement, which in a way served as the blueprint for what's now becoming the, the shop local movement. Sure. And um, you, so these people, uh, they have important jobs, but um, they're not necessarily any more technologically sophisticated than the merchants. I guess they're a little bit uh-huh. more. So they tend uh-huh. to they tend to be the ones that finally build a Facebook page for the yeah. you know the main the Main Street district. The Main right? Street group, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation by the way, the the fascination of uh, you know, Facebook likes and and whether they're uh, actually valuable or whether they're sort of a red herring and just make yes, you feel exactly. better. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right, but, uh, exactly. This is, so this is a long-winded way of getting to my main point, which is that the other day we were working with these district managers about a, a program that we're designing uh, using some very exciting new um, uh, technology called iBeacon. And, um, and they were saying that... Um, they they are also uh, any good district manager will tell you that part of their job is to be a punching bag, because the businesses oh, okay. once the businesses are paying them, they they feel the right to complain. <laughs> like, oh why yeah, they, okay. Why haven't more people coming to my store? And these, uh-huh. district, these district managers will tell you very discreetly on, over the back channel that you know we can get people into their store, but it's up to every business to make a long term customer sure, and make the and connection. You know, it, it's so important, everything that you said about the people and the loyalty. And every one of these towns has a business, whether it's a Tony's Meat Market or a Me James Wines and Liquor or Zingerman's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. There, mm-hmm. There's always one or two or three people that are just, they're just killing it. And it turns out yeah. that they have, they have all these attributes. They have long-term employees. They yeah. have a fantastic way of, like, you know, if you go to their restaurant, you meet the owner. You don't meet a, a model from Chicago who's just there <laughs> right. interning. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, it's exactly. amazing. The, the difference between a restaurant where either an owner or a figurehead that's always there uh, meets yes. you at the door and versus just a a, a pretty 21-year-old, it's incredible. Right. So, yeah, exactly. It is because that, I mean, that is how – you see the passion of the business owner, and that, and and when they can convey their passion for their business and for their craft, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. to the customers. And part of that is through education with many businesses, and the other part of that is just through socialization many times with the customers. And I think, you know, when you see that, you automatically, as a cu- customer, have a richer experience at that that establishment, and mm-hmm. then you're more loyal to it at the same time, you know, when you can walk into a, a establishment and you've got people that you've brought with you 
And before you know it, that owner is is speaking up and speaking to you almost like you're an old friend. Well, mm-hmm. then me as a consumer, I just got some clout, you know, yeah. among my friends, and that feels really, really good, really you know. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how it all plays in, and it all, you know. Ultimately, it gets back to the marketing and, and getting the word out, like you say, the discovery part of yeah. it. But I think yeah. so many people are just, you know, we get in this busy rat race of our lives and we run errands out of convenience and we don't go to the stores that we have um, our philosophical views and alignment on because mm-hmm. it's not the hours that they're open that we can go do errands. We go to the place where we can get the most errands done at the same time or the most products bought, you know, and, and it just, yeah. we become a society that's built around things that are, that the actions that we take as consumers many times are diabolically opposed to our, our personal values mm-hmm. um, as far as what we want those businesses to support and how we want them to influence our communities. And I think until people realize that we're living a very hypocritical life many times um, with how we vote with our dollars, um, that we're the ones, we're hurting ourselves, we're shooting our own selves in the foot, you know, with that. Well, you know, we've, uh, again, this is so great talking to you because clearly you've, you've got so much experience with this. And We've we've talked about you know really really the the impetus behind Main and Me is uh, one of our favorite user cases is um, you know male or female you're in your pajamas you're on your iPhone uh-huh. and you're right. shopping you're shopping your own Main Street but you're doing it from home <laughs> yeah know, and, yeah and, and in the comfort of your couch and and in in a way it's going to you know people can criticize that and say oh you know you've destroyed what main street really is and uh-huh. and we're like no we're allowing you to discover what's down there so you're even more incentivized to get down there the next day right because, because you know, yeah it, that yeah. you know to be able to browse everything down there uh and in sort of fun short sessions on your own time uh, is a way of realistically recognizing the way all of our lives have changed. It is about well, speed and convenience so often now, right? And, and don't you feel like, I mean, we you a biz, local business can hold the line and say, no, I don't want a website. No, I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to be able to buy my products online. I want them to come in. I want them to see this place. I want them to experience it. And all that is great. But there's always going to be a segment of the market that you're never going to reach if you don't go where they are. And where yeah. they are is on the Internet, you know, yeah. and yeah. and that that's that that's my whole thing. It's just it's not that you're um, trying to take a whole different channel uh, and turn your business into online only. But right. if you are if you've already opened your physical store, your physical establishment and you've got all these things in place, why not go ahead and open that portal of Internet and get you get that exposure as well, because it just gives you more opportunity. I mean, I don't think anybody yeah. is ever going to say I am not going to that local business because they've now got a website. <laughs> and they've sold out. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody does that. No, so absolutely it, not. I mean, the modern the modern doctrine, as as you all know, uh, as we all know now, is you you basically you want you want to dangle your fishing lure in every lake. You know, yeah. you 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 want to you want to have a presence on every 
Uh, ideally, I mean, no one's got the time for mm-hmm. this, but in, the ideal is to have a presence on every platform so that people are discovering you. And it, and it's not because they're going to discover you and only only engage with you on that platform. It's because they're going right. to discover you and then come to your wonderful business. Your, yes, on exactly. Yeah. exactly. And, and whatever channel they get exposed to you, it it doesn't matter because ultimately – you're getting the customer as the local business. You know what I mean? So it doesn't yeah. matter how, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just like if you, if you have somebody that, you know, is, is an ideal customer and they give you referrals, that's fantastic. But if you have somebody that's your pain in the butt customer, but you yeah. know what, they send you a referral, you're going to take that referral just like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like anyone else. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter what the channel is. If yeah. you get the referral and you get the traffic, that's the ultimate goal. So I yeah. think that's good. Now, Jeff, as far as um, local business and and the the local business movement and that sort of thing, I'm interested to hear your take and what you're seeing as far as why do you feel like it's important today and right now for for all of us? Well, it's it's been said so many there there are terrific resources that everybody knows about where they can read the sort of core values of this movement, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just say as a quick aside, we've, we felt it's very important to never preach to anybody because right. we're, we're trying sure. to, we, we call it converting people at the margin. So the people that are already on board, like you and I, um, that understand the principles that we're about to describe, uh, mm-hmm. We're already converted, or well on the way to conversion. Sure. But the, tr- the trick really is to get out and uh, and convert the people that are just about to click the button on Amazon, when yeah. they could when they could get the same little black dress downtown for only maybe only a few bucks more, maybe the same price, mm-hmm. and but much better service and no returns, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, and and this opportunity to to have a friend downtown who knows you and all yeah. That stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but, but the short list, I think, is uh, we've used the phrase before: uh, support the businesses that support your community. And yes. there's there's nothing more true than that. We we think nothing of as shoppers. And here I go with my preaching. But let's just forget. That's each okay. Other. Let me get out your soapbox for you. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's give each other a break for a moment. Exactly. But, but as customers, we don't think. And and I do it too. We don't think two seconds about going to Amazon to quickly get that thing we need, right? Right. But but we are outraged when our children come back uh, in the afternoon from visiting ABC um, gift store, and Uh they have a story about how um, Sally Smith at ABC gift store said, no, I'm not going to give it to your high school play anymore until your parents come down here and buy your birthday present here. Ah, right? they, and, yeah, very so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. so we, we think nothing of judging them as shoppers uh, sure. because we, we tend to think only of our wallets um, and mm-hmm. not of the role that these people play in the community. But, um, you know, these by having a successful small business, you're, you're – uh, you're filling out an important storefront in your in your mm-hmm. main street streetscape. You're paying taxes. You're creating a, a job for a high school kid or two, and maybe for a full time yeah. sales grown up salesperson or two. 
you are, um, and then uh, perhaps most important, well, you're supporting your community. You're constantly giving to the, the policemen and the firemen and the high school play and the hospital benefit. And then yeah. um, finally, uh, there there's a terrific group uh, called Civic Economics. Uh, if you just Google that, you'll see them. And uh-huh. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with, but they've done studies where uh, I love their studies. Yeah, amazing. You, you, you know so we're, yes. we're on the same page. You know that that a dollar spent locally, uh, the, that money tends to continue to circulate in the community. And yes. whereas a dollar, obviously a dollar spent uh, on Amazon it, it ends up being zero recirculation in your community. Right. And then, a, and then a dollar spent at a chain in your neighborhood ends up being about um, only circulating about two thirds as long as a, as a dollar spent locally. So there's a um, a direct um, and profound mathematical mathematically proven benefit to shopping locally. But you know you can't go out and preach that to people. You can you can say it, and it's interesting, but it shouldn't mm-hmm. be about that. It should be about having a better experience that that justifies itself at a local business. And that's what all the all the great local business people do precisely that. Yeah, and I, I, I love that, that that whole experience. That yeah. That's what it is. It's the experience. And, you know, I, I was going to say, though, it is interesting um, whenever we've just come through some really, really tough economic times. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, even if you look at, you know, they say that, that we're on the rebound and the economy is recovering and unemployment is dropping. However, there's not a week goes that goes by that I don't read something in, you know, whether it's CNN or, or other places that absolutely tell a devastating story of the people that are the long-term unemployed yeah. and how many of them have dropped off the rolls and, and that sort of thing. But when you look at the numbers and and the the civic economics that you were talking about, you they they've done so many studies um, with different populations in different cities, and not even talking about what if everybody purchased locally, but that shifting ten percent of your mm-hmm. dollars that would have gone to a local uh, gone to a chain or a national corporation, shifting them to a local business. And when you see the economic impact and the millions and millions of dollars that are now being generated for the community that you live in, mm-hmm. and the really, and sometimes it's you know tens of thousands of jobs that can be created on an annual basis, because of that, you realize that we have we have within our communities the ability to bring about economic recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do, and it's there. And so I think, you know, people do need to realize that some of the problems that we're having, and it's always sad when we see that a plant or a manufacturing uh, institution in the United States is closing because it's going overseas. And we hate for those people that lose their jobs and they're worried about finding a replacement employment at the same time if we focused our energy instead of looking maybe toward the government for any type of uh, bailouts or whatever, and we said, you know what, let's get behind 
the local businesses that are already working in our community and creating jobs. And let's just make sure that when we have the choice to spend money, if we can possibly in any way spend it locally, let's do that first to take yep. care of our own and then let everything else fall. What will happen is there's enough of the pie to go around for everyone, you know, yep. and sure. but at the same time, you are taking care of so much of the economic issues that we've seen over the the recession. So I think, I do think, you know, I love the experience. And and once people, even if they go into a local with the wrong mode or with the motive of, well, I'm doing this because it's better for my community. You know, I don't care what the experience is. They're going to be won over by the experience with the local merchant. You know, they're, they're, it's going to happen and they're going to want to be coming back and they're never going to, you know, they're never going to want to go and experience the lack of service and connection at one of the big boxes again you know that's that's yeah. frustrating for everyone so yeah. um let me ask you this in your opinion what do you think the biggest obstacle that locals facing right now oh i would say um i think it's i think it's the perception that things cost more at local oh. businesses And uh, I mean, I'm speaking in very general terms, but I think there's a a general impression that things cost more, that there is less selection and Mm -hmm. that they are, um, that local businesses are really for sort of serendipitous, uh, authentic shopping, shopping trips that are, that are maybe more of a luxury Right. As as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, gosh, I'm the wrong person to answer this question. Well, but, But, you know, know. it's a completely valid point, though. There is – it's just like the perception that organic food is more expensive or that, you know, what do you call it, farm-raised, you know, animals or or meat is more expensive. Um, But I think – I think you're right that that is a barrier and that you think, well, I can't – afford to, I, well, I, I don't have it in my budget to go support local businesses. You know, yeah, I have and, to. And, yeah. And I mean, if, if you make, if you think about like, if, if I think about the last time I, I was, I needed something, um, there, there, there's a pair of, uh, running shoes that I've been coveting for a while <laughs> <laughs> made, made, made by Adidas. And mm-hmm. it just wouldn't, now granted, I live in a, in a small town, uh, but, I'm fairly familiar with what's available at the stores, but it it wouldn't occur to me to go downtown and ask for this pair of shoes, but because I just can't imagine the odds that they would have them. And so, have it in the size and color you would need anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, that too, right? And so um, I'm I'm just being honest and and saying that I it didn't even occur to me to go downtown for that. Um, mm-hmm. And you you hear so that's one kind of a perception, and then I think uh, you hear people say a lot. Um, well, parking is such a drag, you know. And yeah. I wrestle, <laughs> right? I gotta get in my car and go, you know. And God knows we'll get in the car and do other stupid stuff, but you know. Sure, it, it exactly. Seems, so I think Main Streets are, are, are struggling with that. Uh, I think there there is a, a perception that as as local businesses get um, disrupted more and more by Amazon, that that they are self-selecting and they're only a certain kind of business that you can find on Main Street anymore. 
and oh. and so maybe that affects us all slightly psychologically. So it, it really does depend on the town, though, because I can imagine if I'm in, you know, Aspen, Colorado, or your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I'm in Key West, um, I'm going to want to go down to the, the local business just sure. for the experience, just for yes, the fun exactly. of it. And, and precisely for that serendipitous connection. like boy, That local just, fabric and that yeah. local flavor that you're getting yeah. from only that area. Definitely. I'm going to do, do people watching, and I'm going to see a pair of boots that I didn't know I wanted, but now I can't sure. live without, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and that is the, you know, it's community. It really is. Right. Uh, sometimes just, you know, that frozen pizza at home watching MSNBC is just, you know, you can't yeah. get another night of it. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. So you want to get Main out. Street, Main Street has its vital role, right? But I think um, it, it, some of that comes back to Maine and me, and, I, and I, like, I like our new direction of our conversation, so I won't dwell on it. But let's make, let's make local business as easy to discover again as Amazon makes its products, right? Let's get yeah. it online. Absolutely. And make, and make it fun to browse it from our couches. Yeah, no, I I love that, and that's that's you know that's it might take a while to get consumers, you know, used to thinking of local businesses in that way, but it can't be a it can't I mean with the with the proliferation of the internet, I mean the internet's not going away, so yeah. I mean local businesses have to overcome that curve and and get on board with it, and the sooner they do that, I think the better yeah. off they'll be, and the sooner they, and not just that, but let's face it, there is a whole generation that will not ever do anything without first looking on the internet, so, you know, and yeah. and that's one of those things that you, you have to realize that if you're not willing to go there, then your your customer base is going to be slowly aging to a yeah. point that you're you're going to find it smaller. Absolutely, so true. And we call that the digital natives. Yes, yes. The the digital natives are going to always begin first on the web. Absolutely. And, you know, you also see, uh, Christy, you see this, the new generation. We'll go into a a relatively hip town uh, like a Montclair, um, New Jersey, or or a Madison, New Jersey, you know, any Mm -hmm. sophisticated town close to an urban center, and, and sometimes also just sophisticated you know, rural resort towns, and you'll uh-huh. see the new you'll see the new generation of business person, and th- they themselves are digital natives, and they are doing everything right right from the start. You know, right. so they're they've got Instagram accounts, and um, they're on Pinterest, and um, so they're they're starting to get the message. But let's well let's let's bring as many of them along as we can, as quickly as we well, can. And if you think about it, you know those those younger local business owners are going to be the ones that the older stores are going and older merchants are going to have to compete with and they will have a digital advantage automatically and Absolutely, it just yeah. it just definitely and it but it like you say it benefits the whole the whole main street area yeah. if you're all bringing in people and cuz cuz there's nothing better than you know finishing up whatever your destination was whether it's a restaurant or or whatever and then just strolling, you know, yeah, and then that's yeah. whenever the discovery happens. So if they're down there, you're more likely to get discovered. So I love yeah. that. And we're also, so, we're um, also, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We're, we're also just briefly, we're, we're also, uh, a lot of creative people are talking about um, bundling uh, local business offers so that, oh. uh, you know, you can go have, uh, have a, a 
burger at the bar and before your movie and then go to your movie and then have a glass of wine afterward. And those three, those three merchants will sometimes get together and um, uh, create a deal. So I think there's, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting ideas. Yeah. I love that kind of a whole different take on almost like a daily deal type thing. Whenever you have, you know, almost like the package type thing. I love that. Um, We don't generally want to spend a lot of time on the podcast focusing on negative, but I would imagine that as uh, someone who's kind of become a uh, de facto entrepreneur after, after uh, from one business to another, I'm sure over the course of your um, business career, you've had some failures and you've had some things where you've learned some valuable lessons. And I was wondering if there was one that maybe sticks out that would really particularly be helpful for other business owners to hear. Um, yeah, I, I thought about that. Um, I, I think in a way, um, starting the business, I, I mean, to be perfectly honest with your audience, uh, you, you cannot yet call main and me a success so <laughs> okay we may, uh-huh. we may be in the middle of a slow motion train wreck that we're just not aware of <laughs> but but you know it's wonderful what how much of that passion will make up for because it really has been a hobby and you don't you right. don't start yeah. you don't start a hobby um you know because you want to make money make at it. Money. you start a hobby because you love just thinking about it from the moment Absolutely. you get up until you go to bed so um but but failures uh, so yeah the, the whole thing could be a failure and i guess if if i had to um uh say looking back 3 years from now if i had to say why it probably would be because we didn't do what everybody said and and create a product market fit right from the beginning you know the the mm-hmm. the work, what they tell you to do with these startups these internet and mobile startups is find your first paying customer as quickly as possible. Sure. Yeah. You know, find, find, and, and that's the only proof you'll have that you're actually offering something to value. So, mm-hmm. um, so that, that is one area um, that I might look back on and say, that's, that's where we failed. And, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and part of that, I guess is it's difficult to separate your dreams, you know, and that sense of self-assuredness you have, like mm-hmm. this is definitely going to work. This is what the yes. world needs, right? <laughs> but you know, I can't believe like, no one thought of this before now. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like <laughs> slow down, cowboy. You know, just because you can actually succeed in spending, you know, a third of your retirement on this doesn't mean it was a good idea. So, uh, you know, there's there's always that pitfall, and um, I think a lot of so a lot of maybe the failures that I've experienced have been when I did not um, force myself to uh, communicate as much as possible with the people that I thought I was doing things for, you know, or when, when communication becomes awkward in my, in my so-called day job as a, as an architect or as a consultant to architects, um, it, it, all of these things are easy when the economy is good, but when the economy goes south, uh, you just got to get resourceful and nimble and and talk to people and, and say, look, uh, I know I know the world has changed. How can I change with it so that I can still be helpful to you? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you need to do that without giving away. You don't want to give away the the farm so that when things get better again, you're stuck at this new bargain <laughs> bargain. level. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
So it's right. a real challenge, right? You, you have yeah. to maintain the value, but you have to find other ways to say, well, let's both get through this now and and leave the door open for when things get better again. Now, James, I didn't even ask you about this now that we were now that I'm thinking about this now that we're talking about Maine and me, but um, how how do you monetize it? Well, the um, the exciting thing for us is uh, we we thought this thing was going to be like a, a Facebook, and of course we didn't have you know illusions of that much grandeur. Right. But we but we knew that we didn't. In some ways, we only had to have the vaguest idea of how to monetize because if we didn't scale it if it didn't grow and become spontaneously adopted by people, there wasn't going to be a chance to monetize it anyway. Right, right. right. So, you know, that was an excuse to not think too clearly about monetization and just keep pursuing it as a, as a passionate hobby. Sure. Um, but along the way, uh, we had a, a breakthrough um, or the world had a breakthrough that we're going to try and take advantage of uh, last fall. And that was when um, Apple, uh, you know, for the technologically inclined like yourself mm-hmm. and some of your listeners, that's when Apple announced something called iBeacon. Um, uh-huh. And what, what iBeacon does is um, it essentially allows uh, somebody, uh, it allows the owner of a mobile app to connect uh, very directly to the users of that app uh, if those users have opted in to receive um, iBeacon notifications. And what iBeacon, iBeacon notifications are different from general, say, Facebook notifications or the other kinds of things that, that clutz up your smartphone. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, number one, you do have to opt into it. But number two, um, they're very, um, they're extremely, extremely localized uh low power signals and they um mm-hmm. they essentially the, the beacons are these little contraptions about the size of a uh, a small gray coupon jar jar top oh okay so it really and, is a physical thing yeah it's a physical thing okay. and, it, and it and it sends out uh, a, a you know a, a continuous signal and if you come within 150 feet of that signal you can design your mobile app so that a message is uh, triggered uh, and gotcha. a message is delivered to the smartphone of um, of your uh, of your app user. So um, uh, big retailers are going to be all over this, and this is going to change, uh, you know, the way people do their brick and mortar shopping pretty soon. And once again, all the benefits will accrue to the big, you know, retail chains and the big players. And there's a great risk of uh, local once again falling even further behind. But mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what we've discovered is that um, we can actually create an iBeacon network for a Main Street shopping district, and it's and one that's controlled by the manager of that district. So um, the simplest way to explain it is that every <clears throat> every uh, advertisement that a merchant along that Main Street has placed in the local paper that week could mm-hmm. simply could simply be uploaded. To the iBeacon, uh, to their proprietary uh, iBeacon Main Street network, and okay. at, and as people are strolling down the street, they can be getting again only if they opt in, so that we don't drive people crazy. But right. as the as they're strolling down the street at five o'clock, you could get a, a notification that you know 
burger and fries for five dollars at uh, Joe's in the street. Okay. So now what you've got is a very uh, direct and more importantly, a very uh, electronically measurable uh, business model, so that you can you can demonstrate to a, a main street or or an individual merchant that. Uh, 115 people received that notification. 75 of them tapped it to uh-huh. see, the de- see the details of it, and 15 of them came into your store to take advantage of the offer. And and it's different from Groupon, where Groupon you obviously lose control of the experience and you end up losing money and all the bad right. things you know people mm-hmm. have had with Groupon. So this this really becomes. Um, and I suppose if you're a local newspaper owner, it's a bit of a problem, but this, this, yeah. <laughs> becomes, this, this becomes a very affordable and potentially uh, uh, positively disruptive way to uh, get foot traffic uh, into your store. Uh, okay. So people aren't just walking down Main Street, but they're actually coming and learning more about your store, initially incentivized by some kind of offer. Excellent. I, I love that because, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it started out, I guess it's been several years now where, where people have been able to, you know, opt in for text messages. But again, you know, it's like a, a restaurant or a establishment, whatever it is, you know, would even, uh, you know, you opt in for the text messages. Well, they're giving you that information when it's convenient for them. Yeah. You know, and it might be, okay, Monday night, here's our special, but it's the only time all week you'll get, uh, you know, a notification or a text message. And Monday night, you might be the night you have to work later, you already have plans, or you can't take advantage of it. So mm-hmm. you don't even qualify. You know, you're you're out of the game already. But if mm-hmm. you're already, if you're marrying the immediacy of the market being right there on you, and then capitalizing on those, you know, things that would already be going on, like it's time to, you know, it's dinner time or it's happy hour time or it's, you know, whatever it is, I think that's, you know, why not go with the incentives? That's a great yeah. way to get people to ta- and, say, oh, cool, let's see what, you know, let's see where the best deal is. And, and again, Christy, you're, um, this this model that we're trying to do of uh, uh, without even without even requiring any kind of explicit cooperation, we're allowing merchants to cooperate without even knowing they're cooperate to drive more traffic to the town than any one of them could alone. And so you, you might have, you have some existing models out there of Foursquare and maybe even Facebook mm-hmm. will get there where if you come into a Foursquare um, business, you know, a business that's on Foursquare, um, you can check in and get money off but it's, sure. it's it's still a kind of a silo. It's still every man for right. himself. Where that business owner might even be reluctant to tell the other business owners on Main Street that they're doing it because they yeah. no 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 I want to be the only one at Foursquare. Right, you know, exactly. The they want to get people, all the competitors. Right? Yeah, but yeah. now, but now if a town, if the person whose very job it is to benefit the town at large, is able because they weren't doing anything anyway, or they were wasting their time on Facebook posts collecting likes. <laughs> now they now they've got a very real job, which is I'm going to promote my town directly on this localized network, this localized shopping network that of, of ten of these little physical beacons that are covering my entire Main Street. And you also have a situation where in in Boston, where we're going to first implement this, 
um, it also happens to be a neighborhood where um, I think something like um, 2,500 cars move through this little tiny shopping district in the in the two hours of rush hour every night and every mm-hmm. morning. And we're actually uh, the city of Boston, as part of their uh, funding of these individual neighborhoods, is going to pay for us to actually uh, project. Uh, we're going to have a slideshow uh, at dusk that's projected oh, wow. onto the side of a bank building, showing all the wonderful, you know, goods and services in this town oh, that you yeah. can buy. Cool. So, uh, so people in their cars can even get these messages as they're waiting at red lights and stuff. So it's a real, real interesting channel. Well, I was going to say that I think, too, just the fact that with what you're talking about, the the data that you're able to provide to somebody who invests in advertising or, or you know, through that channel is so much more relevant than a lot of marketing and advertising channels that they can, you know, that they can use. And to be able to say, you know, out of, 350 people that walked by your store or your establishment in, you know, this 30 minutes or this hour of time, here's how many of here's what you captured. I mean, it's so much more real and so much more valid than, well, four people came in and redeemed their coupons today. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. so, I mean, because you really see what percentage of the market you're hitting and what percentage of the market you're missing. And then you can figure out who is that market? You know, were they yeah. male? Were they female? Were they, you know, pushing a stroller by or, you know, what, what was going on? So I think, Absolutely. you know, that is, yeah. that is a huge, and you know, the thing is people are using that kind of, you know, online uh, the big guys, you know, the Facebooks and the Amazons and that sort of thing, they're using all that kind of metadata anyway, you know, to, for yeah. advertising and all that. So why not give the power to the local merchants to, to do the exact same thing, but with people that are physically in your locality? So I love that. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this. What types of marketing strategies are you using right now with Maine and me that seem to be working for you? Well, we are the world's worst marketers. Uh, okay. You so, you, you so far I think a lot of us success. are fighting for that title. <laughs> you, you so far are our greatest success, and I'm very grateful for this. Uh, no, we have been applying to various uh, uh, cities. We'll have these competitions, and um, the reason we're in Boston is because we won a competition to um, when we read it, we thought we had written the, the competition brief ourselves. We couldn't believe it. Really, it I was uh, you know lo- looking for a technology partner to help drive foot traffic back to our neighborhood businesses, and we thought, wow. oh my gosh, that's us. And and uh, they also agreed with us. So we we beat out um, eight eight other startups, and um, that's why we're focusing wow. on Boston right now. But we're you know we're we're terrible at it. Uh, Part of it is that we're so small, and we still need to work our day jobs, which makes us yes, no, exactly, I completely understand you know, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes us a neighborhood business, right? Because we have to come yeah, home I, and feed the kids. Exactly. And so we, you know, but uh, it's funny, even though, even though, and 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 Facebook offers so many great things. Uh, even though I think it's even better to have a, a town acting together rather than right. individuals, you know, but. Uh, one of the things that we always want to do, you can't tell it from this interview, but um, somewhere inside me, I have a sense of humor. And we, <laughs> we, 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 we didn't want to preach, ever want to preach the stop local message, but we thought if we could 
amused and kind of a uh, a slightly um, a slightly cheeky way, right? It, uh-huh. it couldn't be so edgy as to lose, you know, the, the great the greatest generation of uh, older independent business owners. Sure. And we've lost one or two of some of our more irreverent things, but we've tried to make these slight <laughs> not not irreverent, but slightly funny uh, uh-huh. shop local posters targeting uh, Amazon. And, um, you know, so making people feel good about the decision to shop locally. And so we'll have a we'll have a picture of a of the most disapproving 85 year old grandmother you can possibly imagine <laughs> right. looking at you like you are the worst son in the world. Oh, and no. and the and the cat the tagline of that poster, it's like an 11 by 17 poster that you can download from our, our Facebook page. And the tagline, uh-huh. the tagline is um, at the top. It says, "It's 11 days to until Mother's Day," and then down below the tagline is, "Don't even think of going to Amazon," you know. Or oh, something, I love you know. it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so or, or or we'll we'll have things like, um, you know, at the top it'll say "Shop Local," and then we'll have a picture of King Kong, you know, destroying the city and and raging through a city and then at the bottom we'll say, you know, so it says shop local at the top and at the bottom it says irritate Amazon. <laughs> uh, so this, is, we, we, we did get into, we got seduced by Facebook for a while and we got into the habit of trying to like, Oh man, you know, yeah, we got 23 likes. This is fantastic. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But then like other people too, we just got burned out and like, I don't mm-hmm. have another idea. For this. Yeah. And, so and then, you know, know, you don't know what you're getting back sometimes from the Facebook likes as well. It's hard to right. quantify yeah. what that actually translates into. Yeah. Is that really targeted fans? Is that yeah. really people that, you know, it's just hard to tell sometimes. So I yeah. completely understand that. Hey. Well, Jeff, want to go ahead i'm sorry well we're we're a little different than your average business in that our our real target customer is this main street district manager sure. so we're shooting for the top of a pyramid that then would flow down to uh, 50 yeah. or 75 members so it's a little different than your average business but it's still that's what makes our job easier but also harder so that the stakes harder, are higher yeah. to get through yeah. each one of those and communicate so much information uh, in, a, in a, a limited amount of time that you get, but we're trying. But let's be also be clear because Maine and Me is a technology business that, and that technology could be utilized in any town, in any community. Is that? I mean, that's right, isn't it? A- absolutely, it is a self-serve uh, local shopping platform dedicated to independent neighborhood business. So there might be people that are listening that are are the influencers in their local communities, whether it's their local business uh, network or their coalition or whatever it is, that this deploying this type of technology in your community might be exactly what you need. And so that that possibility exists, right? I mean, can, do, can people actually buy the technology or bring it in, or how does that how does that work for you? Well, to, to use us, all you do is go to the website and and sign in, create uh, your community and, or and, whatever, and start, and start uploading photos. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really that simple. It's like it's just like uploading a photo to Facebook. Okay. Um, and okay. so um, we tried to make that simple. 
and um, and then the app uh, the app supports that. But it, even we were, uh, to, to be honest, we weren't that excited until we began to see the the connection or the possibility of the iBeacon sure. uh, to connect the virtual and physical main streets together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that's yeah, but but, and, but and, yeah. So let me ask you this: So if, if if you know you had a community that started getting on board with user engagement with the uh, main and me, um, would it be up to them to decide whether they wanted to add the iBeacon type uh, yes. layer on top of that? Yeah. So our our business model is going to be free to use the main and me website and app uh-huh. forever, uh, uh, for, and to upload as many goods and services in your town as you wish. Uh, wow. And then, and then for consumers, the, the, our hope is that the storefronts will, as as uh, our model is uh, a little similar to the Facebook thing, where you, if you follow a store, then whenever that store changes its content, uh, you get a weekly email that shows that lists, and we limit it to once a week, that lists all of the stores and towns that you follow. So you, just for kicks, you could follow Malibu, California, uh, just to okay. see what the rich people are buying. Right. Uh, mind, <laughs> mind you, Malibu isn't on yet because Malibu right. doesn't know about us yet. But in, in, a, right. in a wonderful, perfect future, you'll be able to just, for the for kicks, follow um, Beverly Hills or Malibu or, you know, Wherever. anything. Nice. And yeah. and so you'll you'll get this email, which you're free to ignore, that, that uh provides links so you can go right back to a store that you're interested in and see, ooh, look at all the hats they just added or look at all the sweaters, yeah. right? So um that. so that's how we that's one of the ways we uh hope that store owners will realize the value of the service. And then another thing is that uh we go back to the original DNA where you can make as many lists as you want and then share them with your friends and family. So uh, we like to use the example of a, a wedding registry that could be local oh, only, yeah. or oh. or you know yeah. Christmas uh, lists for the kids, uh, so that grandma in Seattle who hates Amazon doesn't have to buy junk from Amazon. Right. Yeah. For the grandkids. baby registry, well, all those all yeah. those things. Like yeah. That. What a great. Yeah. I mean, because because yeah. if you think about it right now, um, by default. Um, the only way people living across the country could uh, figure out what to send to their niece for the baby coming is to look at their their registry on the Amazons, the Walmarts, the Target.com, the Babies Are Us, and, and exactly. those type of places. So to exactly. take that drilled down into a local level, um, I think that is fantastic and then the just getting just getting awareness out and getting people starting yeah. to use it because that's the thing i mean we don't realize you know you don't as a a bride or a mom or a, even a party planner or something like that you don't have to wait for somebody else to tell to give you permission to jump on and start using this kind of technology it's something that you as an influencer can go ahead and embrace and bring other people with you we, yeah, we literally love the idea of, uh, you know how every town's got its crunchy, uh, empty nester grandma who's like, yes. you know, if you if you spit on the street or throw glitter on, she'll come she, over and give yeah. you a stare, a, right? Wrap well, you on the knuckles or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so we, we, we like to think that literally that woman could put her entire city online. There's nothing stopping, from stopping yeah. her. So we made it that 
easy to use and that self-serve. And, and as you so nicely pointed out, you need no one's permission to do this. So right. even if everyone's got their head buried in the sand, you can say, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it, people. Yeah, so, exactly. And you can yeah. be the one to start the trend in your area. So I definitely mm-hmm. want to promote that. And, and you've been very generous in sharing and just having a, a great conversation about local and, and been generous with your time tonight. And I appreciate that. But what I wanted to do is in the show notes as well, I want to make sure people can find you. And so um, go ahead and give us the website. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, it is and me.com and as you uh, pointed out it's not the state it's it's Maine is in Main Street exactly exactly (laughs) and we did have a fellow ask us about this well I thought it was just for Maine nope yeah no Uh, exactly and and, and then um, if you go there uh, there's a link to the uh, the Apple store we only have uh, an iTunes uh, or the Apple app so far uh, because of limited limited resources but uh, uh-huh. if you if you prefer to just go to the Apple Store directly, then just uh, put in Maine and Me, and it'll pop right up, and you can download it okay. download that one. And also, I would like to extend to your listeners, uh, Christy, and this has been so great. Um, we are consciously making a conscious effort to absurdly spoil our early adopters. Okay. So, um, if uh, somebody can literally call me at three in the morning and you'll be amazed at the time I spend with you <laughs> to get you as one of our, <laughs> our first users, because we want to get the word out and we know Absolutely. how great it is, but it's, it's so challenging with anything new to really finally for to finally break through people's consciousness. Right. And then, and, but really sometimes all it takes is a very small group of a a few different people before you know it, you gain traction in an area that then lends itself to traction in another area. So it's just kind of, and and the fact is that nobody has to wait for you to bring this technology to their area. I mean, you hear so many, you know, let's face it, there are so many things online that it's like it only gets rolled out in New York and L.A., and there's five other cities slated to come on in the next two years. And, you know, you're, you can't use Uber everywhere. You can't use Lyft everywhere. You can't use all these other things. But you're not you don't have to roll out your product to anyone. It's there. It's free for the taking. You can go ahead and get online with it no matter where you are right now. That is true. Okay. So we definitely want to promote that, and I will link up all this uh, on our show notes on the um on the show notes page on the website, brickandmortarreporter.com. And um, what else? Is there anything else we need to tell people about this before we uh, – let you go and get some rest tonight. Uh, well, uh, no, other than um, uh, we we would also like to, um, oh, let's see, I was going to say that we'd like to do anything we can to um, also uh, tell help tell other people's stories, either on our Facebook page or in mm-hmm. our blog. So mm-hmm. um, if there are any kinds of uh, creative uh, partnerships that people can imagine. Um, okay. We're we're all ears, and uh, if you're a startup that uh, complements ours, uh, we're all ears. And um, okay. Other than that, this has been fantastic. I'm I'm so Perfect. grateful. Perfect. 
Well, I appreciate so much the time you spent. And as you can see, I could talk about this stuff all night long. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of ridiculous. But that's, you know, that's what it is whenever it's like you say, it's your hobby because it's your, pa- you know, it's a passion that you have and it's something you feel strongly about. So um, yeah. put two of us in the same room and the world probably will stop at some point. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I appreciate your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. We've gotten um, a much better idea of what your business is, and I love that your business is local business and supporting local businesses and making them um, web accessible and real-time accessible with really valuable content um, for consumers. So that is something we will definitely be big supporters of here at the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast because we're um, we're like you. We're trying to take a medium that is not normally um, utilized in local business and trying to um, help get get use it in combination and, and try to get more customers and more consumers on board with the local message. So we've got a common purpose, and uh, I just appreciate you taking the time sharing your business with us, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch in the future. Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.